in the late 90s, I had the privilege of serving a church that had a, a number of guys that were World War II veterans. What an honor uh, to serve them and get to know those guys. And one day, I asked Wendell Gage, who was in his 80s, how he came to be a follower of Jesus. His eyes sort of sparkled, and he, he looked at me over his glasses. And he said, have you ever heard the phrase, there are no atheists in foxholes? I had. He said, well, a buddy and I were in a foxhole together in France. And we started talking about living and dying and whether or not we believed in God. They both did, but neither one of them had been baptized. And neither one of them had been living the faith, so to speak, before they joined the war. In the distance, he told me, illuminated by the light of a moon, I'm not making this up, that's how he described it, was a Catholic church. Wendell and his buddies slipped away in the middle of the night and found the priest who baptized them both. Wendell said, we promised that we would serve the Lord all the days of our life if we lived through the war. And he did. Till the day he went home to be with Jesus. Wendell was an incredibly talented musician. Uh, he could actually play the guitar. He had some kind of a head brace where he could play the harmonica at the same time. He was doing something with his foot. It, he used his gifts and talents to show people Jesus for the rest of his days. I don't know if you've ever prayed a prayer like that. God, if you get me through this, I will serve you forever. Help me get through this trial, save my marriage, answer this one prayer, God, and I'll never ask for anything else ever again. Help me pass this test. I promise I'll study for the next one. To some degree, I think everyone has had a moment like that, where we want God to come to our aid. It, it might not be as intense as Wendell and whatever his buddy's name was, I don't remember. This morning, as we start the God Ken series, I want to look at God's miraculous power to protect and deliver us. Psalm 37, 39 says, the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. That's the truth. The Lord rescues. Jesus saves. He is a fortress. Amen? Amen. That was weak, but you're okay. In times of trouble, he is there for you. Wendell obviously lived through World War II. And I love that he held true to his end of that promise. Some would say that, that God protected him, that God put a hedge around him because of his faith and his promise, which sounds wonderful until you realize that so many other young men 
prayed that prayer and didn't come home. I don't know if you have ever lived through something that extreme, and I don't know we can understand unless we have the tension, the guilt of coming out on the other side of something like that, realizing that so many others didn't. It messes with a lot of veterans' heads and their faith in God. How do you celebrate God protecting some, you even, and not others? Why does God, who can save and protect, let things turn out like things sometimes do? I hope that our time this morning gives you some answers, some peace, and maybe even increases your faith and a God who can do miracles. And I want to share one big thought with you this morning. And, and we're going to kick it around quite a bit. So kind of hold, hold on. And this is it. God has a plan. God has a plan. Long before you find yourself in need of saving. God has a plan. Before you end up in a time of crisis, God has a plan. Before the unexpected happens, God has a plan. Remember some stories in Scripture with me. Long before Noah saw one drop of rain, God had a plan. Long before the men ever thought about throwing Jonah out of that boat in the middle of that storm, God had a plan. Was the fish following the boat the entire time? We don't know. But God had a plan. Before the Israelites ever considered that they might need to cross the Red Sea with the Egyptians behind them, God had a plan to part the water so they could walk across on dry ground. Do you know what that means? Before the bad news you just got, before you lost your job, before the breakup that broke your heart, before you even started to struggle, God had a plan. He is a God who is able to rescue, save, and protect. Over and over again, we see it in Scripture. He can send his angels to guard your coming and going. He can shut the mouths of lions. He can calm a raging sea. He is a miracle-working God. Let that minister to your spirit this morning and know that God has a plan. Take a deep breath. Relax in that truth. This morning, I want to put a magnifying glass on Paul's life. And I'm going to refer to a story and reference some scriptures from Acts 16, 16 through 40. And to summarize the story, to give you kind of some backdrop before we get to it, uh, there was a slave girl, and this slave girl was making her owners, it says, a great deal of money because she was possessed by a spirit and she could tell the future. And evidently, she followed Paul and Silas around on their missionary journey, and they, she, they, she said this, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they are telling you how to be saved. Maybe Paul 
thought it was cool at first. I don't know. Uh, Maybe he thought that hearing that would open some people up to the truth about the gospel that he was going to share. But eventually, Paul tired of that. And he turns around and he casts that spirit out of that woman. And it left. The slave girl's owners realized that their days of making a great deal of money off this woman are over. And they drag Paul and Silas in front of the authorities. They spread a bunch of lies about them. The authorities strip them, beat them, and throw them in jail. And guard them carefully, meaning they're in stocks. They're just not in general pop. Like, these guys are in prison, in chains. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Paul or Silas, I might be just like the little, just the least bit tempted to question God's protection. I mean, come on. I'm spreading the gospel. I'm preaching. I'm teaching. I'm healing the sick. And I get falsely accused, beat, and thrown in prison. It wasn't even legal for them to do that. Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. They had rights. But this is like a mob riot. And nobody asked the right questions. None of us have been treated like Paul and Silas were treated. But I'm going to say that undoubtedly, some of us have felt abandoned by God and that we have lost hope at times. Life may have even left you thinking, you know what? I don't think that I can trust in God's protection anymore. I, like, I want to. Maybe you feel beaten down. Faith is something like <laughs> you used to have. And you hope to recapture someday. As I ponder this account, I wonder if, if I would have thought, God, this isn't fair. Why didn't you protect me? Why am I in prison for loving people enough to tell them about Jesus? Paul could have easily felt like God let him down and didn't protect him. But that's not how Paul felt at all. And, and it challenges me. Look at Acts 16, verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Did you realize your strongest witness can come at times when God doesn't make sense at all to you? Can you imagine What these other prisoners must have been thinking, listening to Paul and Silas, who had just been stripped and beaten and are now in chains. What what are these guys thinking? Who are these guys? Are they crazy? Are they nuts? But something, something in those hymns and prayers touched their soul. Because when God shows up, Nobody moves. Acts 16, 26, and 28. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, Stop! Don't kill yourself. We're all here. 
Nobody moved. I love that Paul and Silas worshipped God before the miracle happened. Too often I think we want it to be the other way around, right? God, you do this and I'll pour out the praise. But God, (laughs) until you do, mm, show me the money. Show me the miracle. Show me the healing. The book of Hebrews describes what Paul and Silas did as a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise is when you worship God, not for what he has done, but for who he is. A sacrifice of praise doesn't wait for the feelings or or even make worship about what you want God to do. It's worshiping because he is worthy and holy and righteous and good and loving and just. I hope if you're struggling in some way during worship this morning, you're able to do that. Worship in spite of your surroundings. It's not wrong to bring our requests to the Lord at all. But sometimes in the middle of that crying out to God, we just need to stop and worship him. So that our worship is not contingent upon the answer, but just because of his character. I believe that's what Paul and Silas did. They worshiped before the miracle. And God showed up and nobody moved. The jailer wakes up and he sees that the doors of the prison are open. And he thinks, I'm going to just kill myself now. (laughs) Because like the authorities, my my superiors are not going to be as gracious. So I'm going to make this quick. And he draws his sword and Paul says, wait, (laughs) we're still here. You know what happens? In that situation where it appeared God failed to miraculously protect the jailer and his whole family have a come to Jesus moment. Mm. God has a plan. Paul wasn't saved from the beating and he wasn't saved and protected from being put in prison. But God delivered the jailer and his whole family, not to mention I am sure that every single prisoner in that jail that day heard the gospel. You know what I think? Before Paul even thought about casting that demon out of that slave girl, God had a plan. Sometimes... I'm impatient. This gives me pause. What if God's working a plan and I'm just not aware of it? Behind some slowpoke on the road, losing my mind. And God might be protecting me from a collision with a deer. We rednecks call that grilled venison. Maybe you apply for a job and you really, really, really want it, God, please. And you don't get it. And six months later, that whole division is eliminated. God may be protecting us in ways we don't even understand. And I think he does it all the time because God has a plan. 
Sometimes you have to give God a sacrifice of praise and trust him with those unanswered prayers. God's eternal purposes don't always line up with our temporary plans. Amen? See, I'm going to have to say amen because that was weak and I'm preaching better than you're responding. God's eternal purposes don't always line up with our temporary plans. God still has a plan. But it's hard to get our minds around that plan, right? In Acts 16, God does finally deliver Paul and Silas from prison. They go free. The officials actually come with their tails between their legs and they usher them out saying, please don't tell the Romans we beat you without trial. Like they they graciously let them go and and, and we're all nice. I'm sure they gave them food and drink and water. God protected them and delivered them. He delivered Paul until he didn't. You see, this wasn't the only time Paul was in prison. And the very last time Paul was in prison, God had another eternal purpose. Paul was beheaded. Ten of the twelve disciples and countless followers of Jesus through the centuries have given their lives for the gospel. God protected them till he didn't, but God always has a plan. Sometimes those plans are very, very, very far from what we want in the moment. That's when we're called to give God a sacrifice of praise. Not because of what we want him to do, not because we even feel like it, but because of who he is. One day, as our faith deepens, we realize that God is still good even in situations we don't want to be in. Does it hurt? You bet. Do we grieve our losses? Yes. Do we get knocked out at times? Sure do. You can't, nor you shouldn't, pretend that life doesn't hurt sometimes. But our hope, our faith, our foundation is secure in him. We trust and worship and give him a sacrifice of praise because of who he is. Even when we don't know what he's up to, we still worship him. God never said that he would protect us from every single trial, ache, pain, sickness, or wrong in this life. He said that he would never leave us. It's not wrong to pray for God's divine protection in everything. Man, I I pray it for you. I pray that for my family. I pray that for my kids. I encourage you to pray it for your connect groups. Pray God's protection over their heart, soul, mind, strength. Pray against attacks from the enemy because God is a miracle-working God. But remember, it's often the things God didn't protect you from that have formed you into the person you are this day.
How is that even possible? Because God has a plan. He promised to never leave you, and he hasn't, and he won't. He will always be with you. He is always faithful. He is always good. So if you're the one, like Wendell, that walks away, praise him. Or if you're the one that loses someone in a tragedy, you praise him. You praise him because long before you ever had that problem, God had a plan. And his eternal purposes are often different than what we want in the moment. But one day, we will be with him in glory. Revelations 21.4 tells us, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. The first song we sang this morning had a phrase that just kept running through my mind and through my mind. He is the God who can empty the grave. He did it once, and he's going to do it again for all of us who put our trust in him. He is good and worthy of praise.